Hi, my name is Marissa Klein. I'm the founder of Choice Fashion and Media and co-host of the Career Inspiration Podcast, The Dreamcatchers. And I am Jamie Stozer, the other co-host of The Dreamcatchers and the VP of Fashion and Media at Choice Associates. Up next is a special edition of The Dreamcatchers. We've curated our favorite dreamers and doers for an inspirational conversation. Thanks for joining us and hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Career Day at Bellworks. Yay! Yay. <laughs> My name is Paola Samudio. I'm the creative director and lead designer here at Bellworks at the Metro Burb. And today, we are hoping that you're all making great connections, are inspired. We have a great panel, great people here. Uh, Jamie and Marissa from the Dreamcatchers are going to be our moderators. Um, and we have a great day, so have fun. Ciao. Thank you, Pretty in Pink. <laughs> so Pretty in Pink. Stunning. Hi, everyone. Can everyone hear us? I told, I warned our panelists. I'm like, it's going to sound like you can't hear yourself, but trust me, people can hear us. Can you guys hear us okay? The ones that are trying to hear us at least? Okay, wonderful. I feel like my back's to you, but, you know, forgive me because I'll be looking this way. Welcome, everybody, to our beautiful career day here at Bellworks. Anybody here for the first time today? Bellworks? Yes? A couple people? You're seeing and it, it's all its glory. I, you know, it's many people that came up to our table already actually said this was their first time here. So welcome to Bellworks. My name is Jamie Stozer. I'm one half of the Dreamcatchers. This is my sister, Marissa. Hi. And we are what we like to call career concierges or job search strategists. We have a table over here today if you want to come visit. But right now we are here to talk to these lovely ladies and gentlemen about what we're calling the future of work. Right. So that has a very loaded meaning, I think, right now. But judging from the buzz that I hear around, there's a lot of amazing people here today doing a lot of amazing things. We're going to talk to these guys about what they do, their thoughts on work, why they do what they do, how the climate has changed, et cetera, et cetera. Marissa, do you have anything you wanted to add? I mean, she usually says all the things that I need to say, but it's an honor and a privilege to be here. I love coming to Bellworks. I'm filled with all of the beautiful energy that this room is supplying right now, and I'm grateful for it. Job search is very hard. I would, we are live, so I will not use all of the expletives that I'd like to use to describe job search. But I think as long as we have a positive, inspirational attitude, at least a percentage of the time, good stuff comes our way. So as Jamie mentioned, we have a table over there. When we're not moderating this incredibly talented panel, we're helping people do the dream catchery type things that we do. And when we're not doing that, we also work in staffing. And we have a career podcast where we exemplify what I call career storytelling, where we unpack people's journeys so that the rest of us can be inspired by their choices. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. So to start, would love everybody on the panel to introduce themselves, tell our audience who you are and why you think you were chosen to talk today about the future of work. How about that for a fun? No pressure. No pressure. Or, or just what your thoughts are quickly about the future of work. We're going to get into it, but just introduce okay. yourself, where you work, a little bit about yourself. Go ahead. 
Hi there, everybody. My name is Jerry Spencer. I work for a company called Adeco. I've been doing that for over 25 years. It's a career that gives me back more, more and more every day. It's not just about making money, but it's making a difference in everybody's life because mm -hmm. a job makes the difference. It's the beginning. Yep. That's who I am. I am an area director of the Delaware Valley. So this location I'm super proud of. Our team that's professional finance and our creative and marketing team sits here. But I have 40 other employees that work for me in four states. Wow. By the way, for the layman, um, what you do, what actually most of us do on this panel, the staffing business, which is a fun, we can unpack that for another time. You know, we can have we can have some drinks about that yes. later. But basically what it means to be in staffing, because you're going to hear that word a little bit as we talk, is companies, to put it really simply, companies hire us to find their talent. Done, right? Now, there's a lot of layers to that and what that looks like, but having a relationship with a staffing firm, a recruiter you may have called them, a, a headhunter, is a middleman between a company and a candidate, okay? So we all have that, back. a lot of us have that background, so you might hear that discussed today. A lot of people say to me like, what does staffing specifically mean? So I just felt the need to explain it. Go ahead. I'm Guy Bravaco. I've been in staffing for 23 years. Uh, currently work for TGC Search, which is the, a division of uh, the 10 positions group of companies, which is in New York City. Uh, I'm heading up the New Jersey um, focus with a few other partners. And uh, we focus mostly on finance and accounting, HR, IT. Uh, I was an accountant for 10 years before I got into staffing. Uh, that's where the CPA comes from. And uh, pretty much want to get into the business, try and help other accountants and finance professionals find work and gratifying careers. Love Brooke. it. I love Brooke it. Brooke is not in staffing. <laughs> but she's going to talk about Spoiler the future alert. work at Bellworks. Uh, that's going to be her topic. Go ahead, Brooke. Introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Brooke Petrani. I am the head of marketing at NPZ Studio Plus. Uh, we are the marketing and design team behind this amazing place called Bellworks. So for those of you who have never been here before, welcome. And those who are back, we're happy to see you again. I'm sure I've had the chance to talk to just about all of you um, at the check-in table. Um, but I think, yes, I'm not in staffing, but I think that the reason that I'm here is because you're all here. And... Um, this magical place is bringing together the community and we're all, I think we're all hungry for this face-to-face -face connections um, and this place is built for that. So happy to get into the future. I love it. By the way, my husband's here. Hi, Dave. He's saying that they can't hear us in the back. Can you guys hear us back there a little bit? Okay. Maybe he needs his hearing aids. Yeah, maybe he looks at me, he's like, I can't really hear. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Um, well, if you really want to hear what we're saying, you can move up. How's that? There's a couple of seats in the front. Um, okay, continue. All right. Uh, I'm Joanna Chavers. I'm the executive director of talent strategy at Atrium. And I started in recruitment seven years ago and really grew my skill set into more of the job consulting and career pathing conversations. Um, so now I do some more high-level consultancy for uh, large programs. Um, fun fact, I help place former NFL players in careers after they leave the league. Wow, that's a cool thing. Can you give us an example? 
or is that private? Well, so I, I, I can't give you names, okay. but oh, I, I, I work with people that um, come out of the league playing the game. And there's a lot that goes into playing football, but that doesn't necessarily translate into a corporate career. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. So um, they're really fruitful conversations that I'm sure we could talk about at another time. Wait, I love that. <laughs> so I, I will add to that as as all staffing Myersbrook executives one time, not as cool as NFL, but one time I was invited to speak to the neurology team and the brain surgeon team, me, anyone looking at me, at Mount Sinai in New York City to all of the brain surgeons that were retiring. Meanwhile, there were a lot, which is overwhelming, actually, if you take a moment. And I spoke about staffing and changing and figuring out what you wanted to do next to a room full of brain surgery when I've joked that our jobs, although challenging, is not brain surgery. So I used that joke there. It didn't land. (laughs) Um, But I would have preferred to work with the NFL. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. And I think the point or the humor there is everybody needs help when it comes to careers sometimes. It is not naturally easy to know what to do, what you want to do, what you want to do next. And no matter where you are in your stage of your career, even if you've run a field and won a championship game, at the end of that game, you may want to do something else, which is crazy to think about, but also really inspiring. Yeah. And I think that's what brings us here today, right? So everybody that's here today in some capacity is either looking for change, about to look for change, thinking about change. And then the folks that are here at the tables are looking for people that want to make those changes. So I think what we wanted to kind of focus on today in this panel is the future of what that looks like. Obviously, we all, Marissa likes to say, we all equally went through something, obviously COVID, that leveled the playing field a little bit, right? So we sat at our table before, and within 10 minutes of being here, we had a new grad, somebody that's looking to shift you know, into their third act, and everybody in between. And the advice is the same. Ish. Pretty much. It comes down to your resume, your social online presence, your networking strategy, the people that you know, the resources that you have, and kind of, as we like to say, chase your own destiny. Figure out how to take those things and find the job, right? So what I'd love to do is we typically unpack a little bit of how you got to where you are. We're going to skip over that a little bit, but just highlight. Most people don't go to school for what we do, right? Um, So I'm going to guess, I like to, we like to play this game with candidates that we work with and clients that we work with that like, there's something within all of us, maybe not Brooke, but Brooke by association, (laughs) that we were like the people that people came to for advice, or we were the ones that like to help people sort something out at one point or another in our group of friends or our, you know, clubs or things in high school or college. So we like to ask this just to start because we think it's inspiring to everybody here. All these folks, by the way, run teams, huge jobs. They didn't necessarily want to do this when they grew up, but that doesn't mean that what they wanted to do doesn't translate to what they do now. So what did you want to be when you grew up, Brooke? I wanted to be on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to be a teacher for a while. Um, And then 
for a while I wanted to be in fashion as a kid too. Um, and then in a way I kind of am still in that space a little yeah. bit with what we do. Um, do you want me to get into the, how yeah, I got to you, where I am? Why don't you tell us, we don't okay. need the whole, the, the whole thing, but I'd love yeah. to know how you went from a little girl wanting to right. be in creative and fashion, um, to now being responsible for, with your team and Paula for the, the look and feel of this whole space. Sure. It was a quick, just a quick yeah, rundown yeah. of how that happened. Yes, I will. So, yes. Yeah, so when I was starting to like looking at colleges and things, I definitely was going in the fashion direction and going, um, that was my major for a while. And then I decided to pivot a little bit and just stick to business and get some experience in fashion and in the different like creative industries. And I realized that in my classes, you know, I was in all accounting and finance and operations classes. And whenever we had like icebreakers and they would say, you know, what's, you know, what's your favorite course that you're in right now? And mine was always like art history and <laughs> like intro to graphics and things like that. And everyone else in the room were like, what? They're like, that's not part yeah, of what so we're I doing So I kind of knew I had to find some sort of intersection of that. And then when I was looking for internships, um, I was in PR for a little bit. And then I stumbled upon this lady in pink on Instagram. <laughs> and I knew that that was going to be like the, the collaboration, the mix of the two of the, my creative and business minds. So here we are. So now um, I handle all of our social media channels. I self-taught myself um, like graphic design and we do all the event planning and overall branding for Bellworks um, under Paula's creative direction. So I kind of found the, I married the two, my two worlds. And by the way, a perfect example of what we tell people to do. We talked about this a little bit before I was talking to people that came to my table being proactive. She found Paula on Instagram. That's not the norm, right? And having the the bandwidth, the wherewithal, the the foresight to to reach out to her. Who knew if she was hiring? We talk about this all the time. It doesn't have to be that she had a job posted. It could just be that you're inspired by what she's doing and you reach out proactively to say, I love what you're doing. Can I help you? And that could be the answer, right? I love your story. Thank you for sharing. It is, and it's such an organic, authentic story, too. And I mean, we've been so fortunate to know and watch you grow since, since the conception. Um, and you happen to also have an, a terrific mentor that, that gives you opportunity to flourish and grow. And it's not because she's just staring at me right here. It's the truth. I can see you. Um, you know, fortunately, you'll know in your career, it's not always what you're doing, but it's who you work with that matters. Um, and as you grow in your career, sometimes the dream of the career changes because the people around you fulfill you in a way that the dream did not. And it's the people in the community that you surround yourselves with that that is actually what you end up seeking out as you grow i agree anybody else want to be a teacher slash what was the other thing that you said oh fashions what about you what did you want to be when you grew up oh so it was it was running staffing for the delaware no, okay no <laughs> that was the dream job no. it, it was but you found the dream in the job as we always say even if you don't find the dream if job you I wanted to be a jewelry designer and I went to school for that. 
and when I came out, I could not find work. And it is hard to have rejection. I was probably 15 years before the time when I could have made a career out of it. So I had a friend who went to college where I went to college and was in the business and asked me to sit and answer her phone. That's how I got here. Look what happened now. And it is about the people in your journey because then I started to love it because I like the relationship. I like the puzzle piece where you put people together, right? And you make that thing work. And I was like, well, I could do this. And I just got a job in that. Nobody sets out for this, but it is probably one of the most thrilling things to see, um, to be a part of some of the experiences, not as cool as the NFL, (laughs) not, but um, I've had a mentor or several mentors along the way. And it's actually the bad bosses that teach you how to be a good boss. I agree. And it makes you go. I've had a couple of those, not including my sister. who was my boss most recently and now it's more about seeing what you what you're a part of to give back it's bigger than the dollar and what i love about your story too is like which i think could be very inspirational to people here just because you want to be the jewelry designer and that you don't get to do that doesn't mean that you can't have a fulfilling amazing career and it's that you tripped into by accident creation and then you created it yeah. And then one day I got to work for Tiffany's. I got to do See, full circle. Yep. Full circle. Right. Those were hard searches. We worked on a couple of I've those I've worked as well. on They're not as too. They're not amazing. No. <laughs> They're not amazing. They're not amazing. And you got to see it from the other vantage point. <laughs> yeah. Diamond setters. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Wow. I like that story. What about you, Guy? Go ahead. How'd uh, you get into well, this? You know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut, but that didn't work out too well. <laughs> But, um, so instead you became an accountant? Yeah, so, and I didn't dream of becoming an accountant. Um, good in math and all that good stuff. But I think when you talk about wanting to pivot and um, or needing to pivot or it gets pushed upon you, that's like the whole marketplace that, that your career is. I mean, you know, whether you are graduating school, doing one thing and then changing quickly. Um, in my career, I was an accountant for nine years. I was good at it, but I didn't love it. Yeah. You know, and then um, only through frustrating other recruiters after interviews that they say, well, why don't you try and do what we did? Because we are doing what you did and we hated it, too. And I didn't hate it, but it wasn't gratifying. So I guess the light bulb goes off when you realize, hey, I can I wanted to get into HR after doing a number of years of accounting. I, I want to do something more people oriented, help people. Um, so I thought HR talent acquisition could pivot me into HR generalist, but I never look back. I've been doing the recruiting for 23 years, but again, I didn't go to college for it. I just like it. You find a little calling there. You like helping people. Um, And that's really the exhilarating part of the job is that you're helping people. And I think that when you use that, every other piece of your success is a side effect. I agree. You know, the referrals and and just, you know, you feel good. I, I place three husband wife couples. I don't get invited to family barbecues. Uh, but, you know, you spend eight, ten conscious hours of your life at work. Uh, you change people's lives and hopefully for the better. And then if not, you make that right, too. And you're helping out client companies along the way. So being able to pivot even through COVID, we talked about that. Um, and embracing change is so hard. I was one of those people. You know, I was conservative. I was a, an accountant, comfortable. 
um, change is going to hit you whether you like it or not. And I think that if you can really start to absorb that, your career becomes just part of your creative outlet. I agree. I like that quote. Change is going to hit you whether you like it or not. It's true. That is true. All right. What are you? What about you? What did you want to be? So I wanted. I like to your be, shoes, by the way. I wanted to be in fashion. She missed. <laughs> she missed that I walked over and was almost almost made the panel late because I met her, didn't even know her name, and wanted to try on her shoes. <laughs> like, can you just slip those off for a moment? Um, okay. So what did you want to be? I was always a people person. You're talking about your friends before. I was always the connector, the one that yep. we talked for hours, days on end, um, and I I just enjoy that. Um, but I settled on fashion because nobody gets a degree in recruitment. And I left the industry or I left college and got a job in the industry. And within two months was like, I can't work in Manhattan every day. I can't do this commute. This was obviously pre-COVID and everybody was on site. Um, so I got into sales out of that um, remotely. I was actually working for the Whirlpool Corporation, the appliance okay. world. Um, but it was the people, it was the connection, it was the relationship building, yep. it was the strategizing on business. And that led me to recruitment. Um, and I started as a recruiter on the ground level at Atrium and rose through the ranks and now um, do consultancy for them um, with clients, um, lead our talent acquisition team internally and develop a lot of cool strategy in the people space. So it's exciting. I love that. and I think. You know, it's funny because when we curate these panels, and by we, I mean, in this case, Paula and Brooke helped us put this panel together today. We always say that when we have these conversations, everyone's meant to be here for a reason. Like the, the combination of people and your skill set and the things you're saying, like just make sense together, even if you've never met. So I love that. But anyhow, what I wanted to kind of pivot to for this particular audience today, even though we typically would love to unpack more about why you do what you do and what you love about it, is really the future of work, right? We're here today, we see all of these, by the way, this is our first career day back since COVID, right? Um, we had a couple of versions of this. We had some iterations that weren't this robust. Robust. So we're just thrilled to be back in the building today, bringing people together that are hiring, that are looking for work to talk to each other and allow people to have this space, this opportunity. So I would love to hear from each of you what you see the trends have been, right? So I can start. Obviously, Marissa and I put people to work as well. We do also do, you know, career services on the side. We're doing resume writing and um, LinkedIn strategy and job search strategy now. So what we find so interesting or what I find so interesting is, you know, we, we joke. We're like, oh, no one wants to work. No one wants to work. And it's not that no one wants to work. Everybody wants to work and needs to work. It's just that what you define what we all define as fulfilling work now has changed forever because of COVID. So whether that's a good or a bad thing for some industries, we're just leaning into that, right? So I find that people want to work in different and new ways. And I think that the, the best part about that is to advocate for yourself. If you know full well, you only want to work from home. Now there's a capability on all these job postings that we use to put that out there, right? Don't apply if you don't want to work for the job that's in the city, just don't. If you're open to it though, apply and maybe have a conversation and you might change your mind. So 
there's a lot of things that we could talk about there and unpack about how the workspace and just in general has changed. But I'd love to hear all of your thoughts about the trends, what you think you have been challenged or faced with and what advice you have for people as this has shifted. My advice is to, Marissa and I say this all the time, just say yes, just say yes. So even if you think you only want to work from home, but the company is the dream and they want you in the office five days a week, do you say no to that interview? No, You always go, because guess what might happen? They could fall in love with you, you could prove yourself, and in a month or two, they might say, you know what, Jamie, you're amazing at this, you can work from home one day a week. But it may not be in the job description and you may not even apply because you don't think you want to do that. But if you just said yes, you might find that change. So anyway, that's just my two cents. What are your thoughts about this new climate? Any advice that you have for the audience? Anybody? Doesn't matter the order. One thing I could tell you is that not only I think as a candidate, you really have to be open to um, being in an office in some capacity, at least in, in my field, finance, accounting, HR. It's very people oriented. It's very team oriented. It's very collaborative. It's like going into the music studio. You know, they're, mis- they're actually starting to mix music where, you know, all your music comes mixed. You know, they're not all in the studio t- together, but there's a harmony uh, to working together. There's there's a collaboration that I think new people coming out of college or just if you're getting into a new field or you're making a pivot. Uh, being in the office at least three days a week is so beneficial to you to grow as a professional. Uh, socially, uh, hearing other people uh, do their job and just having that social aspect, it's an antidepressant. It's a morale booster when things go bad in your job. Um, and even to turn that around, like my firm, we were in the office every day. And then when COVID hit, we had to learn how to self-manage and manage each other to stay engaged uh, remotely to to collaborate, to still make that music together. Yeah. And that was very difficult. So I think there's a couple of generational crossovers now where working from home is awesome. I mean, if you're an IT engineer, you should be working from home. I don't want to drag people into my office when there's a hurricane or if there's snow. I mean, you stay home, you work from home. But I think the combination of both, a little bit home in the office, let's say 60% of your time, three days a week, you will take off as a professional. You'll learn more and you'll absorb more. That's just my opinion. But I think, um, you know, working from home 100 percent has its place. But if you're excited about a job, you know, don't say no and uh, get in there and, and and meet your mind with, with other people. I think uh, it'll work out really well for you. That's great advice. And honestly, it's it's it, you know, at the end of the day, if the job you're applying to says, you know, that you have to be in three days a week, you know, often people say to me, like, I literally just had somebody yesterday say to me, is this job fully remote? And I said, no. And they were like, I'm not interested. They were perfect for the job. And like, sure, I take that minute because I'm that kind of recruiter to like call them anyway and be like, listen to me. This is what I think you should do. Here's why I think you should take the interview anyway. And just meet them. You never know. And and sometimes going on these interviews in and of itself is the thing that you need to convince yourself, you know what, I do want to be in the office every day or I do want to be in the office a couple of days a week. So that's really good advice. Anybody else have any thoughts on that or the future of work in general? Brooke, you can talk a little bit about maybe just yeah. what you've seen here at Beltworks. Yeah, I think that um, like as far as like the actual future of workplace, I think that com- um, like buildings and companies are going to be like shifting to have more to be able to offer more perks uh, and amenities in order to like attract the talent that like that person who didn't want to take who's perfect for the job but wouldn't take it because it wasn't fully remote. 
a lot of companies here at Bellworks, like they might have a re fully remote or a hybrid like work model, but when you have when you're situated in a building like this that has so much to offer more than just work and a mundane nine to five that you know on your lunch break you can go to the golf simulator or get a workout in or go to barbella after after you finish work or not <laughs> um like i think that basically people like companies are going to have to shift to this work play like model that bellworks has presented also um the idea of the metro burb and metropolis and suburbia is kind of an ode to those people that don't want to make the commute into the city but are still hungry for that city energy and urban feel so um, i think that places like bellworks are going to be are going to continue to be such a hub for attracting talent and retention i agree with you and i think i say this pretty much every panel that we're with helen brooke is you had this beautiful idea with Ralph and the team here that to create this before it was even needed and now it's needed even more. It's like Marissa and I found it because of that exact reason. I was like, I don't want to go into the city every day, but like I want to go somewhere where I'm not just like sitting in an office park. And then we found this for that reason because we could work and play and hang and what an amazing space. And look at all these incredible companies that are hiring here today to work here. So there's ways to get involved. Yeah, and I know, Jerry, I know you mentioned before the panel about when you talk to people that you're placing. I love that story. Go ahead. What, what's the story? So Share. Um, I always talk about this location as the diamond that people don't realize. It's the community. It's this amazing community. People come to work for a community, right? It's, yeah, it's a cool building. It has a lot of stuff. It's the vibe that comes out. And when we talk and compare it to New York, because everybody goes, oh, New York City, you have such a great space. I go, well, just wait, look for the diamond that we have in central New Jersey and then talk to me about it. It's And, and we hung on to this space when other places let go of their space. So I think the cool thing about COVID, what it did was, it adjusted to the thing that's happening now, right? So there's five generations in the workforce today and everybody has to be accommodated. And what's important to one person may not be important to another. And, you know, um, growing up and, 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 you know, raising kids and working full time the way that I traditionally did it was hard. And now to be able to have a hybrid or to be able to be remote when you're having your children, those things are impactful and they're meaningful. The new big term now is the 32 hour work week. We'll see if we can adjust. It's a very cool idea, right? Mm -hmm. Could we not all be doing all, you know, more than 40, but could we get it in in 32 hours? So it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing where it all went to from something horrible. How about 28? Just keep going <laughs> further down. But then, then we wouldn't have billing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that's a joke for the panel. Joke for the staffing uh, joke panel. Joke for the panel. Uh, I, I think when I walk in here, first of all, I loved everything you said. And of course, we've done so many panels through the years and I feel very fortunate to be able to uh, tell people stories, but this is almost a, a, a bitter, I wouldn't say bittersweet because the conversation of the panelists mirror the experience that Jamie and I have had. And in all fairness, professionally, in all fairness, staffing partners 
are really bridging the gap sometimes between your search and what is available to you in your search. And having good relationships, I wanted to say two things while I had everyone's attention. One, which is about staffing firms, but two, it's about Bellworks. When I walked in here this morning, I said, wow, out loud. And I've been here a hundred times. There, when you can feel the percept, like the energy of the building itself is so incredibly invigorating that even if you feel frustrated today or you came here because it's a cumbersome, I need to go to a career fair, insert eye roll here, you can't walk in here and feel that way. You can't. You have to walk in here and feel a different narrative, which I said to a lot of people that sat down at our table. You are in control today. You're selling yourself. These people are showing the companies that they represent. And you're part of a bigger story today, at least in this moment. That was one. Two, I had another profound moment that I wanted to say something about staffing. And now, of course, it's gone. Well, I just, while you're trying to get it back, what I wanted to say is, is... This space, for those that don't know, especially those that have never been here, you can come here. It's open to the public. So if you're feeling like you're going to do your search somewhere else, take your laptop and sit over here and work here because it changes you. I'm telling you, it did it for me. And I'm not just saying this because I'm here today on behalf of Bellworks. My husband, who's here uh, pre-COVID, me, we sat and we sat there every single day and did our work here because it's so much better than sitting like basically my kitchen table next to your laundry like literally staring at the laundry basket like I really should fold that we're like here it's like you know what I get in my car I drive here and I do my work here and if it's just searching for jobs here if it's sending your resume places here if it's working on your resume here do that I also like what you said about you he used a word that I or, or, or he used an analogy he called working in the office an antidepressant I love that too. Now, how would any of us had that knowledge before, right? The foresight. So there is something incredibly beautiful about the hybrid situation. But if you have the ability to work with others and also be at home, I think that that is actually much better than being at home all of the time. It is because when you are able to just see other people, be around other people, engage with other people, learn from other people, notice other people, you don't you don't recognize how much that's helping you. And I think we all can agree on that the last few years. I mean, yes, I get it. I mean, having a couple days home is really great because then the laundry gets folded ish right sometimes right joanna do you have any thoughts on this i I do so when we first started in the bellworks office before covid i would have people come by my office and just hand me their resume saying i just want to work here right yeah so of course we have to tell you what our company is before we can just get you here but that was the attraction that this place had and post covid um we're looking at our return to work strategy and really trying to understand what motivates people to come back to the office and why do you prefer to work from home? I'm a mom of two. I need to be home every now and then to do the laundry, to cook the meals, to get things ready. But the benefit that I get from coming into the office is the people. It's the energy. It's the collaboration. And to be an adult. And to get dressed. Yes. And, yeah. But um, the value there, I, I truly think the future of work is 
hybrid. I think it is having your focus days and getting your head into your work, but then having a purpose to come into the office to collaborate and really foster that teamwork and that collaboration. And that's the beauty of the hybrid model. And, and funny enough, I asked every candidate that came by our booth today what type of work arrangement they were open to. Yeah, that is typically what were most one. people saying. What were most people saying? A lot of the people were saying that they would be open to onsite if it was close to home. Yeah. So that I don't want to commute to the city anymore. It's a thing. So places like this and this design, you were onto something before you even knew you were onto something. She's intuitive, that lady in pink. Yes, she is. I think. I think truthfully, also there's an equal opportunity, or there's an equal unifier in most of us now and I speak for the audience too, there's a desire to have joy, right? So if joy, what does joy mean? Joy means not driving two and a half hours round trip every day, because that doesn't bring joy, um, usually. So I think when you're searching- If you're listening to the Dreamcatchers podcast, it yes, might bring I you mean, joy. Yeah, that's true. Just saying. Um, I, but I do think that when you're looking, you need to evaluate what joy means to you. What is the definition of joy to you? Is it stability? Because stability could mean joy. Is it uh, community? Because community can mean joy. Is it convenience? Con convenience can mean joy. Yeah, you know what? To piggyback off that, we do a lot of work with our candidates about defining what the dream job is, right? Our brand, our entire brand and mission is by calling ourselves the dream catchers, we're helping people catch their dreams. So what is the dream job, right? And the definition of the dream job has shifted because of COVID. You know, a dream job before could have been a jewelry designer, right? Now the dream job is I just want to work close to my house. Right. That's it. That's the dream. Or I want to be home on Fridays or I don't want to go in till 10, whatever the, you know, or I want to find a company that's known to be good for working moms. Or I want to find a place that, you know, has small teams or big teams or, you know, whatever the case is, what defines your dream job and how to figure out what those companies are. Or I want to work at Bellworks. Or I want to work at Bellworks. And so researching these companies, coming to things like this today, figuring out what exists is step one. Is like, okay, what even exists? Like walking and because applying to jobs, this is one thing I'll say, and I do want to get your thoughts on all of this. We give this advice a lot. Most people, and not to your fault, most job seekers look for work reactively, which means they're going on a website, they're going on LinkedIn, they're going on Indeed, they're going on ZipRecruiter, whatever the case may be, and they're applying and they wait. And they just wait to hear back and they feel frustrated because they haven't heard back. So what is it that you can be doing to stand out, right? And following up and getting yourself out there into the right hands of the right people that can help you. So being here today is step one, right? You're doing the right thing. But what else can you be doing? And that's the work that Marissa and I do. But what I would love to hear from the panel is any advice that you have for a job seeker that's looking right now. This, what you're doing today is check. You did something, you know, great today. You came to Bellworks, you met people, you saw what else is out there. You're figuring out what might be good for you. That's one. What else can you be doing? So you could be allied up with three firms here or four, if you count ours. And I think that was my big point before. Another post COVID or actually Bellworks gift. We are all rivals. Ha ha ha. Do we feel rivalry? No. 
Do we, we all do the same thing? This? We all do the same thing. We all have, I mean, I misery don't. Misery loves I, company. That's what it right, is. Misery, <laughs> misery loves company. Dark, dark humor jokes on the panel. But in, and when I say rivals, I mean, obviously, there's enough business to go around, thankfully, for all of us, right? But we all solicit companies and we all have our own relationships. So if you are here and you have a relationship working with your contact at a deco, you should also have a relationship with your contact at Atrium, as long as you're open and authentic about the things that you're doing with your said relationships, right? We protect one another. But I do think what I think is special about the world we're living in now is I actually admire people that do what I do. I am inspired by how many years or when you chose to change or how you came from accounting. I came from fashion. I ran fashion recruitment because I wasn't a re- I didn't want to work in fashion anymore for the same reason that you didn't want to work in fashion anymore. Whatever. Um, for the same reason you want to be an accountant anymore. We all pivoted. But my point is, is we're all sitting here and do the same thing. And it's actually collaborative and empowering. And not only is that important post-COVID to look for between companies, but also a Bellworks thing because you can sit down with someone from Atrium and Deco and two other firms on this panel and it's all okay. Yeah. Does anybody have any other thoughts on like advice that you could say, like you leave here today, like what else can these folks be doing? Like any guy looks like he has something he wants to share. Not to put you on the spot. Well, I like what you said about, you know, uh, don't go one dimensional with just applying to jobs. Um, you should have a different resume for almost every job that you apply to. So your bullet points might need to be shifted, uh, might need to be changed up a little bit. So keep that in mind. Also, your network is probably your best way to find a job besides applying to open positions. Yep. So people you know, people you're connected to on LinkedIn, their parents, their relatives. I mean, if you touch as many of those lives as you can in terms of, hey, I'm looking for something in this industry or in this area, I think you'll have a lot more success uh, breaking the regular trend of just applying directly to open positions because the competition is fierce. And, you know, who gets called, who doesn't get called is really just based on word matching and who's got the best resume. But use your network. Word matching. Get creative in your job search. Yeah. You want to get creative in job search. Use your network. Um, I think that'll help you a lot. And definitely don't use the same resume for every job you're applying to. Great advice. If you're looking for accounting or analyst jobs, switch it up a little bit. Um, Have that freedom and enjoy it. Enjoy the job search. Um, Reaching out to people on LinkedIn who are hiring managers in your field. It, It can happen that way, too. All great advice and stuff we say all the time, but the words word matching that you just said, I love that. We talk about that all the time. In fact, I talked about it at my table before. The keywords on your resume are so important. And here's why my favorite example of this, not to take your your spotlight for a second, but I just wanted to join to that um, or piggyback on that. So often people put in their skills section, a perfect example is like Microsoft Office. Okay, so you think you're putting office on your resume that that tells the world I can do all of what office does, which is Word, PowerPoint and Excel. Okay, if you just have the words Microsoft Office and I'm doing a search for a new grad VLOOKUPS, if exactly if I'm looking for a new grad in this zip code that knows PowerPoint. Okay, because that is something I might do. I wouldn't find your resume literally by accident because you don't have the words PowerPoint on your resume because you just have the word 
office, okay? So if you know how to do it, put it on there under your skills. Think of your skills section as a catch-all for everything-ish that you know how to do well. If you feel like you don't know how to do it well, but the job requires it, don't be afraid of descripting words, descriptor words, proficient in, novice in, introductory Excel, basic Excel. But guess what? The word Excel is still on there. So if I'm searching for it, I still see you. Okay. So that's an example of word matching or like skill set, you know, keyword search, things like that. Because as recruiters, that's what we're looking for. We have 50 resumes on my desk. I'm going to look for the three words my client told me they need. Right. Anyway. I'm very passionate about word matching. Jerry, what are your thoughts on all of this? Anything that you want to yeah. add to it? I, I love the power of yes. Every yeah. person that is in their career at some point, I just say to them, don't say no, say yes. And also, if you really think about really targeting your search to places and people, the reason why we all sit here is because if it could all be done through a database and you were represented that way, we wouldn't be sitting here. Exactly. You need somebody to represent you. You need to use your network. What's incredible, look at LinkedIn now. LinkedIn is like so incredibly connective, but it's also overused. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I think you have to dream, you have to be ambitious, you have to try, you have to say yes and never give up. Just keep going. One job will lead you to the next one. Just keep swimming. Keep swimming. That's Do you think these people are cut from the same cloth as us? Because every single I, thing I'm they're saying, I'm like, like totally, totally oh yes, God. this is what I say all the time. It's like so nice to be sitting surrounded by people that get it. Yeah. So I want to ask a question. And I put down my questions, but it just feels like the intuitive next one. Tell me a little bit about the types of jobs, Joanna, I'll leave there, that you, your table is focused on today. That's actually a great, because we are we have only 10 minutes left, so this is a great way to wrap. What are you recruiting for today? Any like last minute like tips for the people that are here today? And um, you know, we could talk for, for Brooks, hours about- for Brooke, yeah. speak And for Brooke's point of view, how do I work at Bellworks? What other things can I do in order to be involved in this community? So yours are the jobs you're recruiting for. You can name their clients and send me their emails. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> and But in all fairness, to give a variety of the types of jobs, because people, as we know, don't understand all the different types of things that we do. And it's important to be able to showcase that. Like if you're hiring for a junior level accountant, but you're also hiring for a CFO, I think it's important for the audience to know and understand the vastness of what you could be looking for today. Yeah. So um, my team, my internal talent acquisition team is here today and they have a great purview of all the specialties we recruit for on our staffing side, our contingent labor side. We have programs there, but then also internally. So if you're interested in being a recruiter or if you have experience in marketing, we have some internal openings there. But we have a variety of staffing specialties from science to IT to administrative and HR and creative. We're really all over. So I've been directing everybody to our website, find a job that you're interested in and put your resume in our database. Now tips that I'll give you and and things that I've noticed here and a lot of what I coach on is own your pitch. Know who you are and be able to give a few sentences quickly about what you can bring to that organization. Right? When you walk up to the tables, 
hi, I'm so-and-so, and my background is in such-and-such, and, such, and I have expertise in these areas. Can you tell me more about some openings? Own it and really be confident because you are your best advocate. Great, Great advice. Thank you. So from the Bellworks end, um, yeah, definitely, like, our number one question is typically, like, that we've received through social media and through the website is, how do I work there? How do I work there? Um, and I think that the best advice is like what you said about being proactive and taking advantage of the directories that you find around the building that lists every single company that's here and you know kind of reaching out through that to them directly um, also by subscribing to the Bellworks newsletter on the website you can keep up with all the happenings and uh, mingling opportunities to meet with uh, tenants here as well we hope to do more career days um, more kind of like a meet and greet type of thing uh, but that is a very popular request so um, yeah being proactive using the website and our newsletter I think would be a great resource so we're actually hiring for a payroll opening in this building. It's a direct hire job. So if you have ADP, call me. You'll be able to get my information. <laughs> um, staff accountants. Wait, did you meet Carol before? <laughs> no, I'm serious. No. Did you meet Carol? Carol, are you still here? She do payroll? She might have. All right. Well, I, I want to meet her. <laughs> I have a resume. I'm on my desk. That's great. See, well, that's I mean, collaborative. Yeah, collaborative. See, thank you so much. Do I have to split you on that? How does this no. work? All right. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's not live. Take they won't lunch. hear it. Lunch or something. Yeah. Um, payroll uh, in this building, um, controller openings, uh, audit managers, public accounting, mostly finance and accounting, HR assistant, not far from here, uh, Somerset area. Uh, it, Pretty much anything that runs accounting and finance, we have an opening for right now. In it's in the metro area, but for Jersey, um, you know, we have a couple nice opportunities. So, and it never ends. The, the market changes every day. If you're working with a recruiter right now, um, their landscape changes daily. Jobs get filled, new jobs get called in. So it's important to stay on top of them too, um, and make sure that they are working with you and that your their agent is representing you. Uh, the best way. So I think that's important too. And a lot of people don't know this. People ask me all the time if they have to pay me, which I was like, I would love for you to pay me. Uh, we get paid by the client. So what we're describing, we do that for free until you get a job. So we negotiate our fee with the client. You working with us or working directly with any of us is actually free to you. And a lot of people don't know that. We get paid on the other side of the negotiation. So that's the benefit of working with an agent at an agency because their job, I hate to say their job is to find you a job, it's your job to find yourself a job, but it's their job to help you figure out the jobs and navigate them with you and for you. So just something to, to, to add. And they also fix up your resume if, if they're you, nice. Correct. But if you'd like to pay us in addition, we're happy to. No, I'm just kidding. I never got those family barbecues. I don't yeah, know right? Really I don't happens. know where those family barbecues are. Um, no, but I think that's really good advice. I, I love that. Anybody have anything to add to that? We have very similar um, types of jobs. We came here um, and set up the New Jersey professional finance team. Our creative and marketing team is here today. And then you also will see we have a med-sized space. So it ranges from anybody in a hospital all the way on up to the same human capital or design kinds of jobs. Um, and what, what I think is, is that you need to try 
everything in order to figure out how to get out there and get going. It's the hardest thing to be without, right? Or to try to figure it out. And I think we're all telling you, keep trying, right? Use the power of all of us that are here. And 339,000 jobs just were open in this last, it's a pretty good thing. It's a pretty good thing. That's a line of optimism. I agree with you. And just to have that many that you know are out there, that means 339,000 bodies are needed to go to work. Right. Um, And I think what you were going to just say is you were thinking about how how or to keep going and to keep trying. And I wanted to say if there's an advice that I'm hearing from all of this crew is to remember this moment, right? And next time when you are working, which you will do again, proactively stay connected so that you're not in a pocket where you don't have options. You want to continuously have options. So your relationship with your Jerry or your Joanna or your Marissa or your Jamie or your guy, doesn't go away once you get a job. And I think I can speak for all of us. It's surprising to me how many people I've helped that like literally forget. And I'm not asking for the barbecue. It would be nice. I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying when you get somewhere else, don't forget how you got there because two years from now when you are two years, ideally four or five, I forgot which decade we were in. But, you know, quickly, you remember that you want change again. (laughs) Or you need to make a hire. Or, or even better, you want to hire someone, and who better to do it but Jerry's team who got you the job in the first place? Or Joanna's. Or ours. Or ours. Or guys. I'm just trying to be equal opportunity. (laughs) Well, I think this has been um, such a joy to have you all here today. I would love if we have five... we have five more minutes. Do you know, do we have an end time? Okay. I'd love to see if there is anybody have any questions specific to what to we talked about today that guys feels firm. like they want to ask it in a public setting. No pressure. I wanted to make sure that we opened it for questions if anybody had any. Obviously, we're all here today for the remainder of the day. Oh, yes. You have a question? Christian, what's the best way for him to ask it so that you can hear it? Do you have another mic? That's way on the spot. Should I give him my mic? First and foremost, first and foremost, I'd like to say thank you. You guys really presented an excellent career day. And I've I've been to many over the years. And there have been many times that I've not wanted to go to this. My wife yesterday suggested, and I registered. So what I feel is somebody, I'm past 60, so... You know, no, you told me before. Yes, yes. I'm past 60. I'll be 65 in in September. But that's the problem I'm running into that a lot of companies will look at my resume. I don't you know, and I have I did remove dates of when I graduated from from college and graduate school. So and I have a lot of experience in purchasing materials management and companies, you know, they don't think that a guy like myself has the value. They, they figure maybe you'll be a four or five years, but that's not for them to decide. It depends on me and how far I want to go. So 
what kind of advice do you think somebody like myself would benefit from? And thank you for letting me. You look comfortable on the mic. I'm just saying. Just to, to recap. Yeah, guys, it feels like yes, you've, you've done guys, this before. Guys held the mic before. So just just to recap for anybody that didn't hear, guys, question is, what advice do we have for people that are in a, this stage of their career that feel like, you know, their age is what's, you know, hindering them from finding their next job? Anybody have any thoughts on that? I do. Yeah. So what, what he's probably facing is that he has more experience than maybe a lot of the managers that he's applying to. Yeah. So, you know, and that's that's not that's not something that should be happening. But I think um, maybe reworking the resume a little bit, trimming some of the early experience off, uh, trying to get that conversation going where you can show that you can add the value without being like a generational, uh, you know, um, situation there. You know, I, I, I think that's part of it, too. You didn't pay them, did you? Yes. See, we do it for free. <laughs> I just overhauled an entry level person's here. Yeah, I, I, I think that would help. And then, you know, stay, stay within your industry of ex expertise. So, you know, there are firms like Capacity and Amazon, all in the area that, that need a lot of that. And you know what? You got to hit them hard and you got to hit them a lot. And Reaching out directly, following up directly. Call again. Maybe you need to recruit. Yeah, maybe guy needs to be a recruiter. Sounds be a like recruiter in that industry. You could place. A I lot have of some more thoughts on that, but we could talk offline, guy. Supply chain. Does anybody have any other questions for us while we're up here? Okay. Well, thank you to everyone for being here today. We will be Marissa and I, the Dreamcatchers, will be over there talking about job search strategy. These guys are here all day, I'm sure. Um, thank you to Christian at a Shared Universe for doing our sound today. Christian, I'm looking at you. Thank you, Christian. Thank you. Um, and thank you to Paula and Brooke for everything always. Brooke, did you have anything you wanted to add before we wrapped? Yes, I just wanted to remind everyone if you didn't see, we're doing complimentary headshots over here on the right behind that American flag sign. So they'll be here until two and then also until two Adeco is doing a resume writing workshop to our left and Barbella is opening at two today if anyone wants to grab a drink and start the weekend early <laughs> <laughs> I love it the 32 hour work week yes <laughs> the future of work right there yeah so does anybody have anything else they wanted to share that we didn't get to say while we were directing the questions at you okay there's Wonderful. one gentleman that has a question oh over here. yes go Mets I don't, have a, I don't have a question, but I agree with the, what this guy said. I have the same exact situation when he has. And people are, people are having trouble hiring me because of my age. I'm 52. Yeah, you know what? Ageism is a real thing. I mean, that is something to definitely... <laughs> these guys are like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
it's real. And I think that this some of the advice that Guy gave can be applicable. We can talk offline, sure, and you can come up to us and ask us questions after. But one thing I will just say quickly while we're all still together is the advice that we shared today and some of the stuff we're saying, the proactive approach is what matters there. Don't let sending a resume and not hearing back be the reason that you give up. Okay. You keep going. You find the person that is going to take a chance on you because you're 52. Cause it's like dating. <laughs> you just got to find the person that like you connect with and that doesn't care what your age is. There is somebody out there that will not care what your age is. You just have to find them. Right. Thumbs up from guy. <laughs> Well, we know this guy too. This is a familiar face. I haven't seen you. Oh, in a yeah, while. you've come to our panels yes. before. Do you have a question? Dress code? What, just in general? Well, it depends on the company, right? So I think one of the things that we're hearing today too on this panel is It's a good question, by the way. Great question. Is, you know, work model and hybrid and things like that. I think a lot of people's dress codes have changed too. If you're gonna come in in a weird way or sometimes late or is it more casual now? So that is something to ask, not minute one, but it's something to ask your agent at your agency or your HR contact after you've interviewed the first time. It's like, by the way, just have a question. What's your, what are your hours like? What's your dress code like? These are really important questions, but not first right out the gate. Right. So you ask those questions later on. Once you've had that conversation, you decide you like the people. Then you find out if you have to. And wear then, jeans. as far as an interview goes, conservative, conservative fashion is what I call it, or fashionably conservative. Every single person I'm looking at today, within reason, is dressed to be here. Okay. I, if you, for for a lot of people, get really tripped up over this. Dress the way you would want to be seen if you were meeting you for the first time. Done the end. So a button-down shirt, it doesn't always have to be a jacket. Gentlemen, a, a polo shirt and slacks, I don't necessarily think jeans are appropriate for a meeting um, when you've never been there before. You also could ask the person that's bringing you in. By the way, do you have a dress code? I just want to make sure I'm appropriate. Yes. So don't guess. People ask. ask me all the time. And whether it's me as the agency or the person you're, that called you to say, can you come in? Do you have a specific dress code? But you I don't want to be the I, person that shows up in a suit I also you don't think need it's, to be it's, or it's vice that. versa. Exactly. I think we've reached a time in life where the answer is you don't want to be the person that shows up in a suit. Right? If no We're, one else is wearing a when, suit. When I started, if you didn't interview in a suit, you weren't being asked back. Yeah. And that takes off a lot of the pressure too, right? If you're coming from work and going on an interview, I mean, I remember many times changing into a suit in a, bathroom, a Starbucks bathroom in the city. Like if you just ask the question, what's your dress code like? Because guess what? What I'm wearing now might actually be okay. Or don't be afraid to say I'm coming from work and my current dress code is X. Will is that it okay, be okay if I'm wearing that for my interview? It What's the harm? It actually also shows that you're really taking this seriously and you're yep. thinking through all the steps. So it's a good reflection on you it that is. you're asking those things and not just assuming or being careless about it. I agree. Careless is a good word, Joanna. Well, we are going to wrap because we're short on time. And I know everybody that wants to talk to these guys offline at their booths is anxious to get them back there. If you're interested, come and visit us. We're the Dreamcatchers over here. And all these guys are here the rest of the day and their teams are here. 
thank you for listening. I know it's not easy to sit down during this and, and listen for an hour. So thank you for coming. And thank you to our panelists. Thanks this for was having lovely. us. Thank you. And have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks. Paula. Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out, www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light.